Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly. That's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, pod fans. It's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Uh, you're about to hear the first of a trio of brand new episodes from us. Uh, and also, you're going to hear us talking a little bit about our forthcoming Mid-Evening Matters tour. Uh, we've recorded that intro live at Comic-Con. Since then, there's been an exciting new development, which means you're now getting this intro to the intro to the episode. What I'm trying to say is that we've announced a very special guest for the London leg of our Mid-Evening Matters tour, Mr. Stephen Mangan. That's Dan Moody of uh, I'm Alan Partridge fame, and obviously you'll also know him from many other shows. Uh, I went on IMDb, IMDb, D, IMDb the other day, uh, and he's got 65 credits to his name, including, of course, things like Episodes and Greenwing. Uh, but of course, we know and love him as Dan Moody, and we'll be talking to him all about his experiences as part of the I'm Alan Partridge universe, live on stage at King's Place on the 9th of September. More about that and the rest of the tour coming up from the rest of my Monkey Tennis cohorts right now. Hello and welcome. You are joined here live by myself, Tom Dark, Adam Brooks, Tom Slab, and Nick Alder. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Slightly delayed reaction, but everyone's here. And yeah, we just uh, sat around the table in a noisy room, so we thought, what a perfect opportunity to give you guys a quick reminder about our upcoming Monkey Tennis Tour in September. Adam, remind our dear listeners what those details are. I shall. The Mid-Evening Matters Tour calls on Friday the 7th of September at the Wardrobe Theatre in Bristol. Uh, Saturday the 8th we're going to be at the Lowry in Manchester and finishing up in London on Sunday the 9th of September at King's Place. And it is worth stressing we'll be at the Lowry Theatre in Manchester, not the hotel. For God's turn sake, to the hotel, go to the wrong one. You'll be very disappointed. And some people might argue it's in Salford as well, but... 
You know what we mean. So, how's it all going to work, I hear you asking. Well, Great question. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. Yeah, so yeah. basically... I'm what curious. We, basically, what we're going to do is... Nick doesn't know, so better tell him. <laughs> what we, <laughs> what this we're going to your benefit, Nick. What we're going to do is we're going to cover two episodes of the second series of Mid-Morning Matters per night across the three dates. So in Bristol, we're going to do episodes one and two, in Manchester, episodes three and four, and in London, episodes five and six. I think that I mean that's crystal clear to me. Nick, have you got any questions? Well, if we were to run a poll, we could work out. <laughs> no, on each... no, there, no, no, there no, will no. be no more polls. Right, Nick. If there's one thing that you can tr- contribute to this, where can people find tickets? Right, listeners. Me, you. Know, it's it's Nick here. Uh, people's I... favourite, apparently. People's favourite, indeed. So you can buy tickets from the internet. There is a, <laughs> there is a website that you can go to um, that Jed has sourced for us. It's www monkeytennispod.com all your ticketing needs can be taken care of there um, any questions or just just check you put the URL in right first <laughs> before you ask questions but yeah monkeytennispod.com we can get all your tickets all information and yeah we look forward to seeing and, everyone there and the best bit about that is the uh, look of worry on Nick's face when he's saying monkeytennispod.com whether he's actually got it right but the good news is I knew, he actually has I knew. Uh, just to finish up Jed would you like one word for this episode or for this little intro great thanks Jed Okay, on with the episode. <laughs> Monkey tennis? Well, this is great banter. Ha 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 ha. Monkey tennis? Radical. Awesome. Mega. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm spinning plates here, mate, I'll be honest. Monkey tennis? There have been times when I've been more uh, rubbery than turgid. Monkey tennis? Tits bits. Tit, tit bits. Uh, yes, 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 and yes. It's just an idiom. You're an idiot. Ooh, that's mustard. Monkey tennis? Sustaining and maintaining our core listenership in an increasingly fragmented marketplace. Hello there, friends, and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. You think Richard Curtis would get out of bed for ten dead kids? Nick Holder. Not my ass. And Tom Stab. Spurt's personality. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to a very special episode of Monkey Tennis, where we start looking at and discussing Alan's various contributions to comic relief over the six years that he's been uh, invited or or nominated himself <laughs> to, uh, to get involved. Um, one quick thing before we get going, uh, in the spirit of comic relief, we will be making a donation to the cause uh, as a thanks, I guess, for uh, being able to plunder the Comic Relief archives for Alan's contributions over the years. So, uh, should we go through a quick rundown of all the uh, all the years that he has been involved? Uh, yeah, I've got I've got a list here. So, the first Comic Relief Alan appeared on was in 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh, you then got 1999 at Radio Norwich, which is a simulcast. Uh, 2001, 2005, 2011, and most recently 2017. So, let's start at the beginning. Alan's 1995 contribution where I believe he's doing an outside broadcast from Norwich Park. That's right. So this was the 17th of March, 1995. So uh, to look at the Alan timeline here, this comic relief appearance, his first one, this came after Knowing Me, Knowing You with Alan Partridge. And uh, it was just before, obviously, the same year as Knowing Me, Knowing Yule. So timeline-wise, it does punch a hole in the argument that was on the Alan documentary last year that basically 
I'm Alan Partridge was him trying to get back on the BBC after shooting Forbes McAllister. Because we know <laughs> not only did he go back and do Know Me Knowing You, but he was also on the BBC for this. That, yeah, that's a very good point because obviously Know Me Knowing You was 94, wasn't it? So yeah, realistically, would they, would they have had him on telly in March 95 after shooting A Man Dead on Air? Because mm. they only had the contractual obligation to do the Yule special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I don't think this is a contractual obligation. No, 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 of this course. Is, I think Comic Relief, you've got to bend the rules a little Although, bit. Although I guess, it, yeah, and I guess actually, if you think about it, he's doing a an OB in what looks like a cold, desolate park in Norwich. He's probably <laughs> the only person they could get to do it. It looks bleak it and looks depressing, grim, doesn't it? <laughs> it's probably got Michael holding the camera. Um, oh, one thing we should also mention right at the top of this episode is that if you're not familiar with any of these uh, Comic Relief Allens, they are all available on the YouTubes, yep. so you can enjoy them there. Yeah, we we should as we go, we'll we'll, po- we'll post them up on our various social pages so you can find what we've watched. Yeah. So he's in Norwich Park. It's very much a situation where he was supposed to have amassed a crowd. There are six people behind him. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. His whereabouts were not disclosed in a two-pronged campaign yeah, that it, had been planned. It's, it's brilliant, isn't it? He says, it's not quite the turnout we wanted. Uh, my location should have been advertised on teletext and the local press, neither of which has happened. Inevitably, there'll be repercussions. God, I miss teletext. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was keen to go down a uh, teletext rabbit hole yes, if you're up for it. that. Right, let's go. Very excited. So, Teletext, interestingly, was the text-based service which was uh, assigned to ITV Channel 4, Channel 5. So actually, CFAX was the BBC one. Ah, yep. So yes. you think, surely yeah, yeah, yeah. CFAX would have been where they should have been publicising comic relief details. Do, is oh, sort of teletext kind of like the colloquial te- the term that's kind of like transcended? It's, it's, like yeah, it's, probably, yeah, it's like the catch-all term, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it... I don't. I, I'm interested because obviously, old man Dark. I remember this. Um, <laughs> before tele- He's done himself. Before Teletext, it was actually called. It was a different company called Oracle. Does anybody I, remember? I Oracle? do remember yeah. Oracle. Old I man, do not remember, old man remember that. Yeah, yeah you, I think you're just saying that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can't remember. Can't, re- can't remember anything before Snapchat, mate. <laughs> so Oracle stood for Optional Reception of Announcements by Coded Line Electronics. Oh, that is long-winded. Is that the yeah. marketing teams were invented? Like, <laughs> Jesus. That must have been retrofitted. They must have gone with the name and then, why have you called it Oracle? Right, quick, we need yeah. to come up with something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, the, the Oracle started in about 1980. CFAX, the BBC version, launched in 1974. Ah. And uh, going a bit further down the rabbit hole, CFAX was divided uh, by like page number into sections. Yes. So in the 100s, you had news. In the 200, business news. 300, 300 was sports. Yes. yes. 400s was weather, weather and travel. Oh, uh, this Good. Can, can you remember what 500s were? Was that entertainment? Correct. Yes. 600s. <laughs> Unlike this, it was entertainment. <laughs> 600s were TV and radio listings. Oh. Uh, I remember, I think 606 was now and next. Uh, 888 was obviously subtitles. My favourite teletext page, and I think we've all got one, <laughs> sure. was uh, The Vibe, which was page 561, which was music reviews. Right. I did have to do a bit of Googling to make sure that was actually the correct I rem- name. I remember Fo- 301 was football, 312 was football news in brief, 324 was the... Table, uh, football league tables I remember all of that It's fun this Even though we're basically Just listening <laughs> to Look I'm having a lovely time Nick you got any Favourite uh, pages Well I mean Bamboozle's the one that Oh yes, yes. Bamboozle. But I very 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 rarely used um, CFAX or I, Teletext I think you can download Bamboozle as, it was an, an iPhone as an iPhone app, app. Yeah, yeah. yeah, as a oh, game right. on the iPhone. Yeah. Sorry, other phones are available. Other phones yeah. are available. But I mean, why would you? Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> Climbing, lovely, lovely walled garden. Should we get out of this rabbit yeah. hole now? Climbing bloodied out of the Oracle rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was quite quite a nice touch that the first person he speaks to has raised no money for comic relief. I mean, you'd just lie, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. You'd just be like, yeah, I did, yeah, loads, <laughs> loads. Um, so he breaks into a story about how he's uh, adopted Shia, his African daughter. Oh, this is um, brilliant. Yeah. Some good references to Carol as well, who he's married to at this point. He says, yep, yeah, she's oh. off to fit. 
fitness in the morning. Well, yeah, we it, all know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you think um, when he talks about this adopted African daughter, he says, I don't have her in the house. That would be insane, impractical. <laughs> She's not a pet. Yeah. I think he talks more about Sheer than he does almost about Denise. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one. Well, he, the can't, other one. he can't show off Denise to like show off his altruism, can he? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, he talks about uh, several projects he has in the pipeline, yeah. none of which come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> which is a shame because he, Im- he implies he's uh, busy making a travel programme about canals that will be coming to the BBC in the autumn. Yeah. I thought would watch. Yeah, yeah I think effectively... Incredibly confident as well, saying, watch out for this, it, it is coming. Yeah. <laughs> also, what would it be called? I've literally just come up with an idea. Canalan. Very nice, good. Very nice. 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 Uh, I think that, that concept basically is what gets reduced down to him being in the Hamilton's promo video in Iron Man and Partridge. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the canal yeah. interest. He does love a waterway. Um, and I guess if it was going to be kind of travel-based, he's finally got there with the Nomad book. Mm, Just took a yeah. few years. Yeah. Um, there's a great recurring uh, theme across the comic relief uh, bits where basically he thinks the camera's off him and he says something inappropriate, yep. but they haven't cut back to the studio yeah, yet. He starts complaining to the crew about the attendance and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Effectively, that's Jonathan Pye's entire career there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so then there's a uh, there's a short break where they go back to the studio. So back into the next segment, mm-hmm. there are 17 people behind him. I think. Yep. The crowd has more than <laughs> more than double, nearly tripled. And he's clearly told them to uh, say hooray after his name. Yeah. But but he gets annoyed that they do it more than once. He hasn't been specific enough with his instructions. <laughs> um, there's a bit. Uh, I think it's coming up in a little while. Uh, someone walks across the shot. Yeah. But yeah. Then, yeah. But then you also you notice them rejoin the crowd a couple of minutes later. Yeah. So what <laughs> is just clear, up late, what's yeah. clear? Well, no, I think what's happening is that was just a passerby, but there are there's a production staff who are literally corralling oh, as many people as they can to make it look yeah. like there's a crowd there. So yeah, he gets forced to be part of the crowd. I bet this is also quite familiar for presenters that used to do these outside broadcasts mm. that probably remember doing things like Big Breakfast or or you know GMTV yeah. or whatever it was that you used to have to go and do these things out and about. And I reckon probably rallying a crowd, uh, you know, whatever time, either in the morning or the evening, it looks cold. It's actually probably harder than you think to actually get a bit of a sizable crowd together. This yeah. is something I always yeah. think, I'm always reminded of whenever I see the uh, the live uh, episodes of uh, all the evictions of Big Brother. Like, remember if you remember when that started, that was a crowd of thousands. If you yeah, look at, if you look yeah. on Channel Five now, e- like the entire audience is in darkness. I wouldn't be surprised if it's literally just a speaker with crowd <laughs> voice coming out. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, th- this outside broadcast is kind of in line with that. It, my notes. It's cold, it's dark, and it's depressing. Yeah, why, why would you? Yeah. <laughs> and the answer is, they haven't. <laughs> and also, the crowd look freezing and miserable. That's yep. also my notes. But don't worry, because here comes Nick Pellets with his giant check. Absolutely every- brilliant name. Now, everybody recognises him, right? Yeah. Yep. Also Sweaty played- Raphael. There mm-hmm. we go. Yeah. Sweaty or khaki Raphael. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, as a word, cack is really aged. Like, that was widespread when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, the cack? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so Adam I- aged cack brooks. <laughs> I, I, t- I took it to Google Trends and... <laughs> <laughs> It turns out that interesting cack has remained a low constant since records began in 2004. So it is con- it's a consistent performer, at least. Consistently low performer, yeah. yeah. But there was a sudden leap mid-2016, which I cannot explain. <laughs> cack is back. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, Sweaty Raphael is uh, Nick Pellets in this. and that's <laughs> I just love that name, I don't know why. You're just laughing at Pellets. Uh, and he's the MD of Chromatire and Exhaust and Clutch Centre. Stop mm. saying it. Yeah, which, yeah, which Alan repeats repeatedly... Yeah. Uh, because it's basically product placement, isn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, and he asks... Uh, so basically, the uh, tyre and exhaust and clutch centre, they've been doing a bungee jump to raise, raise money for... Uh, although, although Nick Pellets himself w- was not involved. <laughs> yes, because he's got arthritis, but then Alan confuses that with Parkinson's. Yep. <laughs> Very different afflictions. Yep. Alan. Still alive. 
Uh, and then obviously Alan is uh, outraged that it turns out the giant charity <laughs> check is only for £75, which I think is fair. Like, if, what, what would you say, Craig, a question to the group, uh, what would you say is the minimum amount raised? That, 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 what, to make it TV worthy? Well, yeah, that justifies a giant check. Ah, uh, okay, Ooh. I'd say... Yeah, but five thousand pounds. Yeah, I also I'd, don't yeah. think you can blame Nick Pellets for this. I think you blame <laughs> the production staff for not sense checking that any of this makes any sense. Absolutely, but remember, is it pear tree? Is it? But remember, is it pear tree productions that are making this? It might be Alan's only got himself to blame. Possibly, but I'm just keen to defend <laughs> Nick Pellets, who has ultimately given seventy five pounds that he didn't have That's to give. Fine. I wouldn't be surprised if that check cost about thirty pounds to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to uh, print it. And his reaction is brilliant. He yeah. just says, "Sod your money." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a brilliant. Uh, um, reminds me of a later bit, which I'm sure we'll come on to, where he essentially breaks down the donation so that essentially the donation is null and void. Yeah, with the yeah. Oh, it's, the, it's a guy who's made like the giant cheese. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, that, that's in a few years' time. Yeah. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, amazing scenes as Alan basically starts cussing the dealership, uh, but then at the end of his rant, realizes there's still a minute on air, and so he has to go back to Nick and chat some more. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I love the reason he does that so it's quite an interesting Alan trope that he base he decides he needs to counteract the benefit of the free advertising he thinks that they've got so we see Alan do this as a character quite a lot where he's always trying to balance out the negative and the positive yep. mm. so yeah he, uh, in Alan's mind he's done some sums and declares they've had £20,000 worth of free advertising and tries to rip up the cheque <laughs> he can't so he dispatches a member of staff to go and burn it or something um, I mean I don't know whether his sums actually make sense they probably what had 20-30 seconds of air time 20k on a Saturday night I mean they probably have had more than £75 worth of free advertising that's definitely it would be a lot more than 20 grand but well they've seen the 95 though as well yeah, I still think it'd be more than yep. 20 grand but also it isn't an advert In they've had their name <laughs> mentioned once yeah although it's something of a cynical take but it, the comic relief is pretty much the only opportunity in the year where you can get your company's name on BBC television without having you know work mm. for any reason other yeah. than a scandal yeah so Alan trying to counteract the benefit of the so-called free advertising um, complains about having to get his Rover Sterling fixed three times and he w- says he would have shoved the exhaust up Nick Pellet's nose if he'd have been there and yeah like you say then they're going to cut back to the studio and he's got another minute to fill. Yeah, this is like uh, Nick, idle chit chat. Do you drive? Yes, he runs a garage, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, and he has to forcefully tell the crowd to cheer at the end as well. Of course he does. I mean, you wouldn't cheer otherwise, would no, you? No, you wouldn't. You've not been entertained. You're literally watching a freezing. car crash. Um, so the next time they cut back to Alan, he's already got pie on his face, and, you, <laughs> yeah. and, and I, almost, I almost immediately spotted John Thompson lurking yeah. in the background, so yeah. you know he's about to. You almost immediately spotted. I mean, he stood right next to him. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, as Jim Corns, is that his name? I think? Yeah. Jim Corns. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but Jim it, it has an absolute sense of humour bypass, which is a theme that you see continued later yeah. on in uh, Peter Kay as Tony Maloney, the boxing uh, coach. <laughs> Tony as well. Maloney, solo pony. Yeah, uh, he's also annoyed with the crowd again. At this point, uh, he starts shouting, "Quiet!" He's visibly annoyed that they're not following his instructions or essentially behaving in line of what he thinks the TV audience should, should do. be doing. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's a, uh, I think a really nice bit. Obviously, uh, Jim uh, and the boys have raised five hundred pounds in order to see Alan's bar on telly. Better amount as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alan tries to. Palm it off with a fake bum, but then they're, they're not having it. <laughs> no. what, what I like is uh, just before he gets the fake bum out, hit uh, the cheer that goes up when he agrees to do it is so lackluster that like, <laughs> no, nobody thinks even, even if he did it for real, no one's actually that impressed. And you'd really think the Swatham five-a-side custard pie hit squad would have uh, <laughs> yeah. had a bit more crowd excitement than that. Uh, so yeah, he, he he tries to palm everyone off with a plastic bum. And they're having none of it. There's literally a bum rush. Yeah. <laughs> did you also think when they they pie him again in the face and it actually looks quite forceful? It's quite painful. aggressive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but yeah. I think that adds to the humour because... <laughs> he says, you've done it once, don't do it again. <laughs> he looks completely, like, bereft and just 
genuinely gutted and ultimately humiliated on national TV. And it's brilliant. And uh, yeah, this segment ends with, not my arse, not my yeah. arse, please, no. I think Pellets is basically off uh, to the side, absolutely loving this. You're obsessed with Pellets, let it go. <laughs> I love Pellets. I love Nick Pellets. Do you not, lo- do you not love Jim Corns? Uh, I do like Jim Corns, but he is very much uh, silver to Nick Pellets' gold. <laughs> uh, so at this point, I think we need to fast forward four years into the future. Yeah, we- I mean, the only other thing to say about that, I remember watching that skit uh, actually on television. I remember seeing that I think yeah, you, you are old. Yeah, I was, I was fifty at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, year... I didn't watch it. Um, uh, just thought I should. Say what you, you didn't watch it before recording this either? <laughs> most probably. Yeah. I watched it on Friday night. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. So the year is 1999. It's post-I'm Adam Partridge. It's pre-Mid-Morning Matters. Uh, In fact, this this probably, this comic relief bit probably sat in isolation without any other partridge uh, material around it for quite a while. Uh well well I mean what you did have at, the, at the, around this time so uh Alan presented a Brit award in 98 you've got Steve Coogan's on tour in 98 doing the man who thinks he's it which had a lot as a, as a pure Alan as well. So I mean Steve Coogan as a celeb was possibly like the biggest he'd ever been because it was off the back of I'm Alan Partridge series 1 but yeah as a as a pure Alan thing in 1999 this looks like this is the only Alan appearance that year right um so he's there in an absolutely stunning golden eye pro- promotional jacket mm-hmm. just, <laughs> I didn't even clock yeah. that to be honest uh, yeah. is, it, is it golden eye yeah. it's golden eye oh, and there yeah. was actually a limited promo jacket made for golden eye um you can buy them online for 250 pounds at propmasters.net they didn't wow. pay me to say that <laughs> <laughs> all right Nick pellets <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the opening line, he confuses Jerry Adams and Jerry <laughs> yeah. Anderson. Jerry Adams, sorry, so Anderson. a great start. Yeah. I mean, that tees up that but essentially, I mean, the, the, this comic relief year is it's brilliant, Alan, because everything that could go wrong does go wrong. Yeah. I, Nick, I, are you okay? I'm just like, how did he, how did he get where he is? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we've got to the crux yeah. of this podcast. Yeah. How the hell can he that do That is the big question. Yeah. Um, I would arguably say some. this is some of the strongest partridge writing and performance that yeah. there has ever been, I think. It's I, very quick. Mm. I think it's I laughed so much watching this and I think it obviously helped that I hadn't seen it before mm. I'd never seen this yeah, I've, and 
watching it enjoyed... recently, I absolutely howled with laughter yeah, at some of the stuff on here. I've quite enjoyed going back through these because, I mean, I've, I'd seen a couple of them and mm. I think the majority I hadn't seen. So it is like discovering some gems, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it's sort of, this kind of spans the best of a lot of it in that Michael's there, so it reflects I'm Alan Partridge. Charity it, Charlie. Yep, yeah, it's a it's a broadcast, so it kind of reflects uh, what what's to come in Mid-Morning Matters. I thought the intro was particularly the day-to-day-esque. It was quite sort of... Uh, what, when he's trying uh, to explain the simulcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, listeners will get music <laughs> while viewers will see a comedy clip. What could go wrong is what I wrote. Also, don't ring into Radio Norwich. They're not participating in the charity side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you're right. It's you, you do get... There is basically a comic relief for every era of Alan, which is quite nice. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why this has been quite fun to uh, go through the clips for, because never before have we basically been able to see his evolution in such a quick way. Uh, we've sort of tackled one series at a time. Mm, yeah. Um, there's a sting for uh, Radio Norwich, which I enjoyed, because it boasts that uh, Radio Norwich is the station for sports, travel, farming and weather, which I <laughs> not only is a great list, but it's been put in a really funny order. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, and obviously, as we say, Michael is here, he's Charity Charlie, uh, he looks absolutely ridiculous, so I enjoyed <laughs> yeah, that greatly. Uh, and with the first fact of the day of this segment, uh, there are no plans to reopen the revolving restaurant at the top of London's post office tower. Mm. So I've got some uh, I've got some genuine intel about that. Yeah, I, 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 I was going to ask questions yeah. about this. So at, at that point, uh, there were no plans to reopen the uh, the restaurant at the top of the post office tower. That post office tower is what eventually became the BT Tower. Ah, yeah. Oh, did you not even know what? Well, it, I, what I, I kind to? I kind of thought that I've kind of made the connection but I didn't actually have the inclination yeah. to look it I up like but they used to actually do a lot of telethon things actually up yeah, there as well yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the restaurant did reopen on July 26 2015 for two weeks only as part of a kind of publicity uh, yeah. so is it now closed I believe it's closed right. now. I think they they do events up there, but I don't think that I don't yeah. think there's like a public restaurant right. you can just book to go to. I think. Um, I like that Alan is trying to explain the simulcast as he goes. He says, "You're listening, stroke watching to me." <laughs> <laughs> can you can you remember the two different phrases that he uses to explain the format of the show? No. no. Uh, when looking at the camera, chat cam same, and <laughs> when looking away, sketch disc diff, <laughs> which I absolutely loved. It's almost too easy. Yeah. Uh, there's also a great bit when he he's had to come back to uh, explain it again. He says, there's actually another very simple way to understand it, and that's to have the decency to listen to what I was saying earlier. And then he throws his pen and says, right. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, there, there's another, um, because that's towards the end of the first segment of this, so there's another fact of the day where he says, Elton John's real name is Harry Webb. Uh, that's wrong. It was uh, Cliff Richard's real name. And I thought, he's basically taking these out of Christmas crackers now, isn't he? Yeah, it's rubbish. Yeah. Um, before he goes uh, for the first segment, he uh, throws to, uh, I'm sure, a classic that we all remember. He says, uh, it's time to enjoy running around naked, throwing milk bottles at cars as we go deeply dippy. I presume that's a, a reference to the music video, is it? The right oh, do you know what? I, video? I didn't even question that. But My question to the group looking back now is, how did Right Said Fred happen? <laughs> I, what is it? I still don't fully understand. Like, what? What is it? It was just a song that captured the zeitgeist. No, but they, it was they, a had, more, of they hits. had more than one yeah. hit. Deeply though. dippy. I'm too sexy. Uh, yeah. You're uh, my mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't talk, just kiss. And yeah. uh, and comic relief song. Stick it out. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Oh, it's awful. Uh, I can tell you that my mum did buy the album as well. Mm. Shortly for Christmas. Yeah. Wow. 
Happy memories. Uh, Good times. Yeah, I remember my parents had the first album on cassette. It was like yeah. a red and yellow. That's, yes, that's how yeah, they became yeah, a thing. Yeah. Two people <laughs> on this table, half yeah. owned the record. Yeah. Uh, parents bought it. Uh, three, actually. And oh, it, wasn't, yeah, see. It, it wasn't even everyone's parents. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Confession time. I still don't understand how it happened, and I bought it. <laughs> Adam. Unbelievable. Uh, so before we go to basically the first cut where they throw back to the studio, my other note was that his tie in this section is absolutely incredible. It's an entire image of a guitar. It's so awful. <laughs> and the thing is, it took me a good two minutes to realise what, what was going on there. That. It's so at, bad. I'm looking at a still of it now. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's I think atrocious. that's one of the best <laughs> slash worst partridge ties we've seen. <laughs> Charity Charlie. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we kind of we've got a cut there when they throw back to the studio and come back, and when they come back for the next segment, <laughs> Alan opens with we've got loads going on here. And I just thought doesn't look like it, mate. Yeah, you've got a man sat down with like a clown's hat on. <laughs> yeah, Michael so, looks very depressed. Yeah, Michael slash Charity Charlie, he's got Mickey Mouse hands on and like one of those comedy Scottish hats. Yeah. Mm. it's not even. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's inconsistent. It's yeah, not yeah. even a, a bought clown's sense. outfit, is it? <laughs> it's just like oh, just put on these oven gloves and wear this like rubber. Do you think they've just gone? What, what have you got knocking around in the cupboards at uh, Radio Norwich? Well, no, there's a bit later on I think where he, Alan asks uh, Michael to take the gloves off and he just goes, "They're rented. <laughs> Be careful, they're rented." <laughs> he doesn't really do very much as well, does he, Charity Charlie? He just doesn't need to. Yeah. No, just and isn't there a bit where he just like throws to Charity Charlie and he just goes, Give us your money? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alan also goes off on a diatribe about Blackadder at this point. Um, no, no, Bladacker. <laughs> <laughs> he drops in yeah. sports, per- sports, sports personality, personality and Bladacker. Brilliant. I mean, he he fucks up all his words throughout this. It's great, isn't it? But um, he's going off on them about making jokes about World War One and says it, um, but then says he's soured the atmosphere a bit like mustard gas so <laughs> he's making those terrible jokes himself after yeah. that is this the point where he absolutely loses the plot as well when he's like um, oh that's no- I think that starts in the next segment oh, yeah, where okay. he fucks up all his words but also in, in this section uh, you can see Michael behind him and I noted that not only does Michael look bored but I would wager he is pissed Brilliant. there's a bit where obviously he's losing like the ability to speak properly and he does say anyone who knows me professionally will know that under pressure my work does suffer <laughs> yeah, yeah. no I was right the, yeah, the, 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 the bit where he loses the plot is before the Blackadder bit where he goes oh no matter phone your mother uh, tell him tell him we gotta and then he just goes we've got a character called Charity Charlie but he's like phone your mother tell him we we gotta I was like what? Yeah, I mean, he, it's littered with errors and uh, presentation fails. So uh, the next segment we come back to, Alan opens it with, sorry about all the glitches up till now. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it doesn't one, get any better. If one sentence summed up all Alan's comic relief content, that's probably it. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> that's very good. So um, he's stumbling over his words. He's getting Michael to check the collection bucket. And then he basically, as he's talking and he keeps fluffing his words, he starts making weird guttural kind of dry throat noises. He totally dries up. He's saying nothing, and he, you, you can actually hear like panic whispering from the crew in the background as <laughs> can well. Can you? Um, so yeah, you, you're almost getting like the Carl's sort of noises. Um, and but he brings him back. He brings himself back with the fact of the day that Cheryl Crow used to be a lab technician, and uh, <laughs> I can find no evidence to support that. I don't think no. that's true. Uh, although Psychic Simon, we know, used to be a lab technician who's mm, not yeah, on the scene yeah. at this point. Um, also, 1999, uh, this is happening. So yep. that puts it at. I think this is. I was trying to work out why he's crumbled with the pressure. I think there's two reasons one is he's trying 
kind of do two things at once. He can't get his head around the fact he's on TV and radio simultaneously. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, also, it's that, too confusing. Yeah, that's that's brought with it his best opportunity to get back his TV career yes. since he lost it. So yes. it's like he's he's doing yeah. It's it's basically the meeting of his his new shit career and his old slightly less <laughs> shit career, uh, and he just can't handle doing both. Yeah, at once. I mean you're, you're totally right. I guess you have to take the artistic license again, like. Would he really be back on the BBC? But it's comet relief, so let it go. Mm. Yeah. How long until we get to hear from Brian Ferry? Uh, I think it's coming I, up I now. I think that's coming up well, next. Well, and, unless if anybody had anything on Cheryl Crow, of course. Uh, the, my only thing to add was that I recently saw her in my work canteen having a sandwich. Oh, there you go. And also, she, <laughs> she, she, she's, she's, she's responsible for one, one of the best, uh, one of the top three Bond themes, I'd say as well. Yeah, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think we've stated previously that uh, Mick Hucknall was the only genuine famous person to have appeared in any Alan Partridge. Mick Hucknall. Mick Hucknall. Uh, <laughs> any uh, genuine famous person to appear in any Partridge uh, programme. This yeah. is obviously incorrect yeah, yeah, because yeah. here we have Brian Ferry. Mm. Who well, and, there's, and there's more to come. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. He greets Alan by saying, aha, Twitch channel says, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which we obviously know he maybe hasn't renegotiated rights to it at this point because mm, he yeah. does continue to the do The rights that. have yeah. possibly expired. <laughs> I think, it's, the more, right I think yeah. it's more that there's a period where he's still bitter enough about the loss of his show that he doesn't like it and yes he doesn't want to be the aha guy yeah Yeah. over time he lets it creep back in a Mm. bit Mm. uh my first note for this bit is that um all of a sudden michael is now stood up against the wall watching the interview i thought he's just appeared there a bit like some kind of figure out of a horror film a bit like maybe pennywise or even pipes from ghost watch it's like (laughs) it's like all of a sudden he's there and he's dressed as a clown it's terrifying uh jed you're a big fan of uh, ghost watch anything you'd like to share on that um that's awesome there we go. Thanks, Jed. <laughs> uh, Alan's cycling through uh, the names of all of his favourite Bryans. He comes up with uh, Adams, May, uh, Conley. Um, any Brian other famous Conley. Bryans? Uh, Blessed. Yeah. Molko. Oh, yeah. Blessed yep. is good. Uh, Cranston. Uh, Pro- Professor Cox. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> at a stretch, Brian Dowling. Uh, McFadden. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who's X Men director? Singer. 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 So bringing it back to the Brian of the moment, Brian Ferry, I got the impression that he is A, not that funny, and B, not a very good actor from this. Do you, in real life? He does corpse a little bit. I do see notice him kind of smiling and almost going a couple of times. I think they could have done more with him um, because... It's funny, but it could. It feels like it could have been funny. There was a bigger opportunity. Mm, bit of, a bit of a waste of opportunity. Yeah. But then I, I guess the joke is like Brian Ferry doesn't seem massively keen to be there. Yeah, yeah. so maybe he's yeah. Playing, he seems quite disinterested. Yeah. Which obviously that's how he's playing the role. But mm. it's like yeah, they could they could have done it's, a bit. It's more not with not it. funny. But no, he's, uh, he's just not given many lines. It's Coogan's doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought when musicians do stuff like this, it tends to go one of three ways. They either play themselves uh, they're absolute naturals or they're extremely wooden and yeah. uh, is, usually... is Chris Martin in extras an absolute natural uh, no, that's amazing yes. I think I think he's part natural part wood I think there's a little bit of wood in that performance. If you but stack him up, it's kind of supposed to be a bit woody, though, isn't it? Are but, you having a laugh? Yeah. Or in, when he's in the yeah, show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed the bit when Alan is uh, telling Brian about the time they met before, and he says it's fine if you don't remember Brian, but don't lie, it's comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's got a lovely Chris Tarrant name drop where uh, he he does his great line where he says, "Property to, expert Chris Tarrant." Yeah. He says, uh, "Who wants to be a millionaire? You already are one. You big cock." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he also makes it very clear that Michael is not a property owner at this point as well. <laughs> uh, then struggles with the uh, idea of being on radio and TV once again, where he says, uh, you're listening to Alan Partridge and watching it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, this is where I would say that a bit like the billionaire that we um, referenced in, was he a billionaire or a millionaire in Mid-Morning Matters, that Alan would want to see himself in the same sphere as um, you know Brian Ferry and would use Michael as someone that he can put down and say, you know, you're not in this league. 
I am in to give him league. that yeah. supposed yeah. elevated it's, status. Yeah. Climbing on his shoulders to reach Brian Ferry's hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Obviously, uh, the marriage uh, to Carol is broken down by this point, which uh, becomes apparent when he blows up an image of her credit card, puts it on screen, and gives her details. That's so good. And in a double insult, her age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, there's the birth date. There's the maiden name. It's all there. The maiden name is different to um, the book, isn't it? Because it's Parry in uh, the book, and it's not Parry in this. Oh, yeah. good spot. Comms bomb. Oh dear. Wow. Nick and doing research shocker. Yeah. Speaking I mean, of... <laughs> speak- he's pointing towards a piece of paper which uh, I actually typed up. <laughs> Speaking of absolute bombshells, uh, the biggest marital bombshell since we found out that Alan had a zombie dead wife in the day-to-day comes with the, the mention of his Canadian wife. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's a very good point. This that is, is not mentioned anywhere else. No, yeah. Yeah. Tony, T-O-N-I, who is a visa marriage. So that brings... I mean, if you're being a pedant about it, which I am... Um, <laughs> Please do. You've got... Un- dead wife one you've got uh, Tony two you've got Carol three he's been married three times I actually quite like that because uh, he <laughs> I like this Adam I, I like, like this I a like lot. what you've done with this because he does actually say at this point for the third time in my life I am happy so maybe that's uh, one mm. time per marriage <laughs> I don't think fair. that's actually why but, yeah. <laughs> but it works yeah. um, and then Dave Clifton turns up who I didn't expect to see and no. it was a pleasant surprise yeah. always good to see Dave Clifton oh, but can we can we just uh, spend a moment just uh, Alan's clarification about Tony with an eye it is a lady I can vouch for that I really can and if it's not then it's a bloody good job in case what the heck enjoy obsessed <laughs> <laughs> uh, of lady boys do, we, do, do, we, do, do, do these sort of skits go out live I don't really watch a lot of comic relief would this have gone out live or would this all been pre-recorded I I think, think with anything like this, you'll find it's been pre-recorded and right. inserted in. Yeah. yeah, I think the the stuff in the studio. So yes. when they're doing the bits yeah, between, yeah. that's all live. Yeah. But something like this would have been pre-recorded because also it gives them a bit of breathing space. They've got three or four minutes, which is already in the bag, mm. whilst they're mm-hmm. running around doing other stuff. Yeah, but I think they, they will be careful to leave some kind of loose detail in it that makes it feel live because mm. that's the spirit. Oh, and of that's kind of how a lot of Alan works, isn't it? There's yeah. always an element of improvisation, which I think makes it uh, feel quite realistic. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so I know somebody, uh, La- uh, Alan. Does takes a jibe at, at Dave and someone laughs out loud and it sounds like it might be a mistake oh, I noticed that as I well yeah somebody right. off camera isn't it yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah or maybe just to give again to give the impression that it's live it yeah be, yeah uh, maybe sure. it's that but I, I was very happy to see Gla- I was very happy to see Dave Clifton appear in this yep. bit and he uh, he intros him as Emperor Dave of the Clifton Galaxy <laughs> and then <laughs> Dave's got his arms up like that <laughs> so proud um, and then he massively disrespects uh, Kate Bush yep. yeah. saying it's time to squeeze into Kate's bush yep. do, you not, do you not want to talk about him uh, <laughs> Dave Clifton basically laughing between words for no reason and also Alan referring to Dave Clifton having a red nose because he's been drinking and Dave says I'd rather leave that in the past Alan mm-hmm. I'm sure they, you they would are, Dave it's all yeah. great. they are a slightly more cordial um, you know between each other at this point yeah. but yeah, yeah. There's, there's nice chinks of um, uh hatred in terms of bringing up, <laughs> oh, the, al- yeah. bringing up the alcoholism and, uh, and yeah because I, I think the implication is that dave is perhaps in recovery by this point yeah like alan's yeah. just sticking up with the old demons yeah. mm-hmm. so now alan is saying that he if uh, if they raise ten thousand pounds he will fly to london to sing a kate bush medley mm. oh, squeeze Which... into kate's bush sorry i've gone very down market there yeah <laughs> but important to stress no one has asked him to do this no no and, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and with, don't know about it and, yeah. with, <laughs> and within about 10 seconds it's gone from ten thousand pounds to 1.5 million <laughs> and then, and then 
then Michael goes, well, hey, he's not a man. <laughs> I don't think Michael understands how Comet Relief works. No. I think Michael thinks that Alan has to pay 1.5 million yeah. to do yeah. this. I think Michael's enthusiasm is basically akin to a dog. He doesn't understand the words, but when he hears people's voices going up, he knows something exciting <laughs> is happening. That's exactly right. That's yeah. yeah. So Alan wraps up this simulcast uh, segment. <laughs> uh, ending, he ends the show with some local listings, which I noted included a mention of Cliff Thorburn. Uh, go, uh, that he, recommends to, he recommends to go along and show him up. <laughs> His love for Cliff Thorburn. Yeah, still bitter. Thorburn. Still bitter. Oh yeah, because by this point it is after uh, Cliff Thorburn basically get replaced. He, he got him the and... Hamilton's water yeah, break yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the so it's inferred that Alan has raised one point five million pounds because yep. you can then follow on YouTube. The segment then switches is BBC One for the Kate Bush medley. Yeah, so obviously, sadly, we don't see him in flight mode on the way down. But no, that's a, sudden, a shame. All of a sudden, he is at the studio. Are we to assume that this bit now is, is we're transferring to live broadcast? Yep. I would think yes, because yeah. it, this would have been done like kind of in one of the studios at TV Centre. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think so. And I assume we all agree that this medley is absolutely amazing. Wonderful. It's, it's yeah. one of my it's one of my favourite partridge things. I think rolling I mean, the ball. Rolling. <laughs> I mean, right from the point where he goes, aha, don't respond. <laughs> I mean, we we we've we've talked about this in previous episodes, and I think we actually included it in an episode, I believe. So obviously, he performed this on the Man Who Thinks He's It stage show as well. So which we went to go and see. Uh, no, because nope. that was in 1998. We went to go and see Alan Partridge, another less successful character. That's yes. the one I meant. That's the one. <laughs> um, uh, it's also well, it's also an example. We'll see this later on of something that's been reused for comic relief that or, 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 or yeah. that goes on to be kind of get double use. Yes, but so it, it works as kind of like a, a, a standalone part, doesn't it? So he's just come off the man who's it, who thinks he's it tour. Is yes. that right? So he is he has got this. He's done this hundreds he, of times. He's, he's got it now. He's got yeah. it now. So the Kate Bush songs that are included in the medley are wow. Running Up That Hill, Them Heavy People, The Man With The Child In His Eyes, which we know is one of Alan's favourites, <laughs> Wuthering Heights, Don't Give Up, and Babushka. And I have to say, I mean, I quite like the music of Kate Bush, but I think I know this Alan Medley better than any actual <laughs> Kate Bush songs yeah. himself. And there's also Dancing Girls with Babushka, which I thought was a nice yep. uh, little addition. Yep. It turns into a bit like a show tune, doesn't well, it? It reminded it's... me a bit of, do you remember the Harry Hill show on Channel 4 when he had the Badger Parade? Yes, <laughs> I thought brilliant. the dancers were brilliant. a bit like that. So good. Yeah. Um, and also the uh, the double header he does with uh, the, I can't remember her, the character's name, but Rebecca Front's character character in I'm a Partridge where they're doing a little back and forth. Uh, yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And in, actually the, the tour that we saw, um, Alan Partridge and other Oh yeah, I remember that. There was a, <laughs> there, I think he opened that with a Queen medley as well. Mm. I'll go with you on that. Yeah. I can't it's, remember it's anything. Brand, isn't I, it? I can't remember anything about that tour apart from the second half, which was very good because it was just the Alan Partridge yeah. stuff, the yeah. stuff yeah. before. The, the best bit. Yep. Uh, Lots of whiskers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, and I think we we discussed this when we were talking about mid morning matters that clearly Coogan is a big Kate Bush fan. I think mm-hmm. we can yeah. like yeah. you know this is this isn't mockery. This is tribute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, coming to the end, he basically calls on an abrupt halt to proceedings, doesn't he? But <laughs> well, I, th- I think is he basically the performance is finished. He's out of breath, and he's saying, "Get the camera off me now! Get the camera off me quickly!" <laughs> uh, should we jump in the time machine and jump to two thousand and one? Well, we will do in next oh. week's episode uh, because uh, there's just so much to talk about in comic relief. We decided to split it by decade, so we've come to the end of Alan's nineties contributions. Uh, two thousand and one, he'll be uh, squaring up against Peter K, and we'll be getting into that next week. But before we go, I've got a couple. A very quick two-question quiz for the group. Ooh, a two-question um, quiz. We did not know this was no, coming. I'm not Firstly, prepared. To the nearest year, which was the biggest year for Comic Relief in terms of raising money? Oh, that's good. Ooh, that's good. That's good. That's good. I reckon it gets incrementally, uh, as in like, 
what is the biggest year basically? What's the biggest year for ever, fun, ever for, 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 in And remember, terms it's, of it's every other year yeah. as well. Okay, I reckon. So there was Comet Relief in 2017. It's odd, it's odd years. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go 2017. 2015. Uh, I think it's very recently so i would have probably We've just bagged the most two yeah, recently well, I would have gone with one of those two so can we double up no okay <laughs> i'll go not according to the physics of nick's poll no <laughs> everyone has to have a different answer i'll go 2013 okay well it sounds like nick is actually closest but you're all wrong Bugger. uh 2011, 2011. Was, 2011 according oh. to wikipedia the biggest year for comic relief do you want to have a quick uh, a quick guess at how much money was raised oh i don't know question. how much these things tend to I'm raise i'm gonna guess 45 million. Okay. I, I, the thing is, without the context of what they normally kind of... 78 million. Mm-hmm. 130 million. Wow. I don't know. I can't work out quite who's closest, but Tom and Tom are both on either side of the answer, oh. which is 108 million, okay. 436,277 pounds. Uh, there's actually a third question. I just threw Ooh. an extra Okay, let's there. do it. Hopefully everybody remembers uh, Fern Cotton uh, going <laughs> going swimsuit uh, on as uh, part of... No, I don't. As part of uh, Chris Moyle's uh, attempt to do the longest radio broadcast. Can we go back to the phrase going swimsuit? <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> means. Do you mean where Wearing a swimsuit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right. I was trying to avoid the word stripping because it felt tawdry. Okay. <laughs> um, going swimsuit. Can't. Okay, that, so that, she put quite, on a swimsuit. that vaguely rings a bell now you're not okay. using the phrase going, going swimsuit. swimsuit. Okay, well, that happened. How much, mo- uh, how much money do you think that broadcast raised? The Chris, the Chris, the Chris Moore's longest radio broadcast oh, that, okay. record yeah, yeah, yeah. with Fern Cotton in a swimsuit as one of the highlights of it. How long did he broadcast for? I think it was 52 hours. I'm going to go with... £475,000. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, £875,000. £1 million. £2.4 million. Pounds. Wow. wow. That's incredible. Mm. To see Fern Cotton go swimsuit. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, the money raised was for the whole broadcast, yeah, but yeah. yeah, that was agreed to be one of the highlights. <laughs> Not by me. <laughs> by people. By worse Clearly people. Clearly it is. Well, yeah, I mean, it's in out. your notes, mate. It's in your notes. <laughs> so, that brings us to the end of this episode of Monkey Tennis Tackling Alan's Comic Relief 90s. Uh, join us next week when we'll be doing the 2000s. Uh, Peter K features, Simon Pegg features, all kinds to talk about. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime... It's thepartridgepod at gmail.com, on Twitter at thepartridgepod, facebook.com slash thepartridgepod, and on Instagram we're at monkeytennispod. From all of us at Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast, thanks and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Monkey tennis? Well, uh, this is great banter. Ha 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 ha. Monkey tennis? Radical, awesome, mega. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm spinning plates here, mate. I'll be honest. Monkey tennis? There have been times when I've been more uh, rubbery than turgid. Monkey tennis? Tits bits. Tit tit bits. Uh, yes, 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 and yes. It's just an idiom. You're an idiot. Ooh, that's mustard. Monkey tennis? Sustaining and maintaining our core listenership in an increasingly fragmented marketplace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.